Hope y'all are doing good. My name is Rick Ivey. I'm the senior pastor here. And um, we'll skip the video this week and uh, just jump right into it. We are doing a, a continuation of the I Am series. Uh, last week was so much fun. If you were here, we had the youth takeover and Jonathan did a great job talking about Jesus being the light. And today we have one of Jesus's I Am statements, uh, these powerful statements in the Gospel of John in which Jesus defines himself when he, he reveals who he is to the world, and he makes some amazing claims about who he is. He's talked about how he is the bread of life, how he is the light. Today we talk about him being the, the gate or the door. Next week's the good shepherd. We've also got the true vine, the resurrection, and the way and the truth and the life. And so that's what we're covering. And they're so essential, each of these, uh, because they tell us a little bit more about who Jesus is. And I think one of the biggest confusing uh, parts of our world today is that there are so many ideas about who Jesus is. Everybody's got their own take. Everybody's got their own ideas. And yet they oftentimes miss what exactly Jesus did say about himself. And so today we're going to talk about Jesus being the gate, the sheep gate or the door. If you've got your gospel, your Bible, you can turn to the gospel of John chapter 10. And let's hear what he has to say about himself. He says... I assure you that whoever doesn't enter into the sheep gate through the gate, but climbs over the wall, is a thief and an outlaw. The one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The guard at the gate opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Whenever he has gathered all the sheep, he goes before them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger, but will run away because they don't know the stranger's voice. Those who heard Jesus use this analogy didn't understand what he was saying. So Jesus spoke again, I assure you that I am the gate of the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and outlaws, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief enters only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they could have life indeed, so that they could have life to the fullest. This is a really wonderful passage. One of the defining parts of this particular section of John is that Jesus speaks about people like you and I in a very specific way. He says we are sheep. And I don't know how many of y'all know much about sheep, I can't say that I know a whole lot, but there are a few things I know. Uh, one is that they are probably the most defenseless animal in the world, right? I mean, you never hear, I mean, all the time you get these reports that come out of places like Florida, shark attack. When's the last time you heard man attacked by sheep, right? This doesn't happen. Now, they do bite, but they're not thought of as particularly fierce creatures, right? Uh, nobody's ever thought to themselves, we really need to name our football team the sheep that will put fear in the other team's heart, and they will never know what to do. They don't have fangs, they don't have claws, they don't have any special abilities. I mean, even the sea cucumber can turn itself inside out. Sheep can't do that, right? Thankfully, that'd be pretty gross. Uh, but when we think about sheep, Jesus is not only saying that they're defenseless and helpless, 
Uh, but the other characteristics that we know about them is they're not particularly bright. They tend to wander and go astray. Uh, one of the jobs of shepherds when they got the sheep out there grazing is that they have to keep a careful eye upon them. They have to watch them uh, because they are so prone to attack as well as wandering away for no particular reason. If you were to set a dog loose, eventually the dog would probably find its way home. Not the truth when it comes to sheep. They just kind of listlessly wander. They don't ever find their home. Um, and so when Jesus describes us as sheep, it's not a particularly flowery description of who we are. Uh, instead, rather, he's saying, you know, uh, we really do need some help when it comes to our lives and how we live, and that we need someone who can protect us. And it's easy for us just to skip over this particular passage and jump ahead and say, well, we got a good shepherd. Uh, but if we do that, we miss out on something that was very important when Jesus talked about who he was. And so let's look once more at the scripture. He says, um, I assure you that whoever doesn't enter into the sheep pen through the gate, but climbs over the wall is a thief and an outlaw. The one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The guard of the gate opens the gate of him with the sheep, listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them on. And so the next part of this particular passage is the fact that he says that there are some who try and enter into the sheep pen, the place where they are protected, where they are safe. And if they don't go through the gate, then Jesus says, chances are they are a thief or an outlaw, that they, are, they do not have the sheep's best interest at heart. Do you know anybody that doesn't have the sheep's best interest at heart? Of course you do. They make the news all the time, right? People that try and take advantage of others, that abuse, that lie, that uh, steal, that rob, that do all kinds of things to people that are in our, our world today. And more than that, Jesus is probably talking about the religious leaders of the day, and he's saying he's using their own religion, their own faith against them. Um, and he's talking about how up until then, they really didn't have a way in which they could enter into the life that God wanted them to have. Instead, they just had people that made promises or that lied to them or deceived them or led them astray. And Jesus says, that's not the case for me. And he goes on to describe the process. He says that the guard at the gate opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Whenever he has gathered all the sheep, he goes before them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger, but will run away because they don't know the stranger's voice. I think it's uh, probably safe to say that everybody in here has at least a handful of people that they know by voice. That when you pick up the phone, even if you don't have caller ID, and they begin to speak, you can identify exactly who they are, right? I know my parents' voice very well. I know my kids' voice very well. There's a handful of people that I could recognize very clearly. Um, you and I, when we go to see movies like The Lion King or other animated films, one of the fun things is thinking to ourselves, I know that voice. That's James Earl Jones, right? That's Vader and Mufasa, right? That we, we recognize particular voices. And Jesus is saying the same thing is true with sheep. They recognize their shepherd's voice. Uh, they don't follow other strangers' voices. Instead, they focus in on the one that they know that they can trust. Now, there are some refreshing words in this passage, some of my favorites. It says, those who heard Jesus use this analogy didn't understand what he was saying. Isn't that great? If you ever read the Bible and thought to yourself, I just don't get it. And then there's people that are right there in front of Jesus, and 
They didn't understand it either. And uh, it goes on, it says, So Jesus spoke again, I assure you that I am the gate of the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and outlaws, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief enters only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they could have life indeed, so that they could have life to the fullest. And the last part of that line is what's so key about this passage, that you could have life and have life to the fullest. That you could have life and have it to the fullest. And when Jesus talks about this, he's saying, that is what salvation is all about. That is what I've come into the world to do, to give you life and to give you life that is abundant and full. That you could have that kind of life. And there's all kinds of uh, thieves and outlaws that would try and sell you a different kind of life, a substitute life, a different way of looking at life. You and I come up with all kinds of ideas about how we would gain more life. Certainly when we purchase something we think is going to make us happy, that's our attempt at gaining some life. Or when we go and um, find an experience that we think is going to make a huge difference for us, that's another way in which we try and purchase life. Um, or we might do it in a number of different ways. You know, gaining friends, achieving success, uh, gaining education, whatever the case might be, we look at that and we say, maybe that would make my life better. Maybe that would improve my life. Maybe that would make my life more enjoyable. And yet time and time again, those things usually tend to come up empty, don't they? And Jesus, however, makes this amazing claim, and he says, I can give you life, life full, life without lack, life without need, a life that is full of contentment and joy and peace and happiness. That is what I can do. And he says, but it only comes through me. He says, all other attempts are going to fail you. It only comes through me. I am the gate. I am the door. I am the one through which you must enter in order to gain the life that God wants for you to have. That's a bold claim, isn't it? I mean, certainly you and I know lots of people, or we are that people that make all kinds of attempts to find a different way to gain life try and find our way around it, or we try and compromise it. We think to ourselves, okay, Jesus is the door, he's the gateway, I have to go through him in order to find life, but surely there's another way around him. He's got a cross to bear, he's got requirements for me to forgive and to love and to do justice and to be humble. Maybe I can find like a 50-50 way, like halfway go through his door, find another way around, right? Am I the only one that ever tried to do that? Am I it? I'll own it, you know? I'll take Jesus, but then also give me some other things as well. And Jesus is driving it home so clearly in this passage and saying, no, I, I'm it. I'm, I'm everything that you need, and I'm the only way that you can gain the life that God wants you to have. So, how would you gain it? Well, I think there's a couple of passages that are key here. You know, when we talk about life, one of them we would find in the other gospel. Jesus speaks and he says, ask, seek, knock, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. 
And here's this, a, a simple question when it comes to this. I mean, this is such a simple image, but if you really dig at it, it'll make a huge difference in your life. What is it that you're truly seeking in life? What is it that you're after? Another way that we put this is, what do you desire most? Because the life that Jesus desires for you is one in which he's involved in your life, that he's a part of your life, that he is a constant in your life. Apart from him, we lose sight of what he wants for us. We wander like sheep and we're prone to go astray, but with him we gain the life that he wants us to have, a life that's full and abundant and full of eternal life. That's what he offers with him and through him. That's how we gain it. So what are you truly seeking? I mean, if you were honest with yourself, if you took a moment to write it down, the top three things that you are seeking in life, what would they be? Wealth, happiness, joy. What is it that you seek most? I think one of the biggest disappointments in our culture today is just the idea that there isn't really anything worth seeking, that everything is just disappointing. And Jesus says very clearly, he says, no, I'm completely worth it. I can give you life and life that is abundant. If you will seek me, Jeremiah 29, if they will seek me with their whole heart, they will find me. And God makes that promise abundantly clear. If you will seek after him, if you will pursue him, if you will not find yourself wandering after other gods or other pursuits or other idols, you will find God. And that is a reward that is way worth it. So so what are you seeking in life? And if you have determined that, if you could say, you know, I want Jesus, the next question is, are you willing to commit fully to that? A number of years ago, uh, my wife came into our house with a panicked look, and uh, she said to me, she said, I think I've lost the key to the van. And... um, I'm not going to relive those dark, miserable days in our life in which we owned a minivan. I'm glad we've moved beyond it. But we had one at the time, and we lost the the key to the van. And um, we began to look around. We did the normal things, checked the pockets of our pants, looked around on the countertops, shuffled things around, searched the house, asked our kids, did you take mommy's keys? And um, we did all of that, and then ultimately my wife said, there is a chance that it's in the trash. It could have gotten thrown into the trash. The key could be there. And uh, she said, but the trash is really gross this week, Rick. And I don't really want you to have to look through it. But I won't say that I'm cheap. Let's say I'm frugal. And if you've ever had to replace a key in a vehicle lately, they're expensive. And so what did I do? I dumped out all the trash in the two trash cans that we had onto the, the garage floor, onto a tarp, And I began to sort through it. I think I used like a broken coat hanger and kind of poked around it, you know. And I'm looking over it and seeking it and looking for it and finding, trying to find it, and uh, to no avail. Uh, But that did not stop me. I think I spent probably close to an hour searching through the trash. I smelled wonderful afterwards. It was was great. And uh, it was not until uh, the following winter that my wife put on her winter coat, put her hand into the pocket of her coat, and said, I found it. But Jesus says, it's through me, and he says, you know, if you will just seek me, you'll find the life that you desire. If that's what we want, if that's what we're willing to commit to, then God will follow through. God will keep his promise in that regard. So what is it 
that you're seeking? What is it that you're looking for? I mean, you think about our prayers that we were taught, the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, that we're inviting God into our lives and praying and asking for him to make that possible for us. So today I just invite you to give some more consideration to that. What is it that you are seeking with your whole heart? What is it that you're truly after? Is it something that's going to bring you life or is it something that's going to steal your life away from you? Is it something that's going to bring you the kind of joy that God alone can bring you or is it something that's going to rob you of the peace of mind that God desires for you to have? Will you seek him? Will you pursue him? Will you long for him until you know more and more of him? For he came to give us life and life eternal. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you know that it's not always easy for us to be sheep. Uh, we find ourselves dirty or alone or concerned or anxious or feeling helpless. And so we are prone to reach out for things that aren't good for us. We're prone to wander away into traps and problems that the evil one has set for our lives. We pray in this time, Lord, that you would help us to seek you out, to find you to be the gate or the door that opens up a life that we never imagined. Lord, we pray that in the, the weeks and the days to come that you would help us to be diligent, to stay near you, to long for you, to call on you, to ask you into our hearts and our lives, and to pursue you with all that we are, to no longer just do those things uh, halfway, but that when we come to worship, Lord, we would be seeking you, that when we go to our times of prayer, that we would be asking you into our lives. When we sing our praises, we're not just speaking words or enjoying music, Lord, but we're asking for more and more of you into our hearts and our lives. Lord, we pray this upon our, our church, on our community, and help us to know more and more that you are the only way. All this we pray and ask in Jesus.